Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's up, Rotoviz listeners? It's Colin Kelly here, executive producer of Rotoviz Radio and one of the co-hosts of the Rotoviz Overtime Podcast. I just wanted to drop by and say thank you, as always, for listening in to another Rotoviz Radio production. As a loyal podcast listener, you can save yourself 10% off a Rotoviz NFL pass right now at rotoviz.com forward slash podcast or by simply adding the code RVRADIO2021 at checkout. That'll get you access to all of the content and tools on the Rotoviz website, the best tools and content in the business for the best listeners in the business. As always, we do appreciate you listening to each and every show. And if you do have 5, 10, 15 seconds to spare, Please drop a rating for today's show on your favorite podcast app. It is much appreciated. With all that said, thank you once again for tuning in. I hope you have a great day. Now let's get back to the show. We're talking players that could take a big leap forward in 2021 on Roto Viz Radio. Welcome into the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. I'm Dave Cabin alongside Curtis Patrick. We're two of the owners here at Rotoviz. I held down the fort uh, on Tuesday's podcast by myself. I'd like to think that I did a little bit better than limp through it, but it's good to have you back, Curtis. How's it going? Yeah, thanks for standing in, man. Um, had had some uh, Memorial Day. Uh, I hate to call it festivities. It's actually. You know, it's such a day of reflection. Um, for those of you that are Rotoviz uh, premium email subscribers, I shared kind of a personal note uh, on Memorial Day of a, a buddy that, you know, I, I often remember uh, each Memorial Day. But, you know, it is also a natural time, I think, for families to come together. Uh, and, and it feels a little bit like a kickoff to summertime. Um, you know, we have, uh, I think, COVID precautions uh, mostly falling by the wayside across the country. And it kind of feels like it almost felt like 
the first kind of sort of normal holiday in a while. Like my, my small town even had a parade, uh, on Monday and, um, yeah, there were were lots of, lots of, uh, different emotions. Um, but you know, I, I got some good time to catch up, uh, with, with my in-laws and appreciated you, uh, diving into more of the awesome stats. Um, (laughs) (laughs) the awesome stats. I mean, I, we, we talked a lot about it last week, Dave, and I, this, this SIS package, uh, along with the analysis from our team, I mean, we're, we're in the sweet spot, man. I mean, we are in the sweet spot just delivering for people all over the place in 2021 and beyond. So a uh, l- little top of the pod uh, recommendation here. I don't know how much longer, honestly, we're going to feel inclined to offer the two-year subscription option at Rotoviz. Um, so I'm going to turn out the heat a little bit. <laughs> on on our listeners if you want to lock us down if you want to lock us down do it now baby because i mean seriously the the value that you get in our two-year package uh the the type of analysis the structural based analysis the best ball workshops um and now the game you know all the best data that could possibly be available um to you i just don't think we're going to be able to honor these price points very much anymore um so i would definitely encourage uh, people to get out there and uh yeah let hey join forces for the next 24 months um might be the last chance you get uh for a long while at these price points all right so let's just uh let's get into some fantasy football talk now curtis very simple question that i'm going to give you here in non-super flex leagues is there any reason to think that christian mccaffrey is not the one-on-one yeah, sure. I think he's one of the one ones. I don't think he's I, he's no longer the undisputed. I mean, he can't he can't he can't be the undisputed one um, one. Now, of any of the backs that could have the longevity, he, he fits the profile. He's going to have you know the, he has the receiving chops. Um, he's shown that he can handle the big workloads. I don't think he had the type of injury that we should be necessarily concerned about a recurrence. Um, the team views him as more than a running back. That's very apparent in the way that they, they paid him. It's very apparent in the way that the, the front office and the new coaching staff uh, last year talked about him. Um, he's, they view him as so much more than a running back. He's an offensive weapon and they, they use him that way. That's, you know, they, they schemed uh, touches for him all different types of ways. Uh, but lots of touches in the game long for, uh, for Christian McCaffrey and they continue to add talent. Um, they have, you know, a really solid three deep now with Terrace Marshall at the wide receiver position. Um, they add Chuba Hubbard, who has some intrigue, I know, and will be probably a favorite uh, of, of Team Rotoviz as a, a late round, uh, a late round investment in all different types of formats. So I think it's fair to ask the question. I mean, when you're comparing somebody like Christian McCaffrey to Justin Jefferson and, you know, what if his career arc were, were to continue just now at age 22? Um, or even to Saquon Barkley, who's a year younger and way less tread on the tires at this point, if you believed in his talent, you know, can he uh, harness um, what he had, you know, that uh, magical uh, first two years of his career. And then even for me, I mean, guys like Jonathan Taylor and Tyreek Hill, I think all of these players, I I wouldn't bat an eye if I saw any of them go 101 in a non-super flex league, Dave, Um, can't poke holes in it. And um, I I haven't done a non-super flex startup in quite some time. Don't know that I ever will again, but if I drew the one-on-one, I don't feel so compelled to take McCaffrey that I wouldn't just be trying to trade out of the pick uh, where even as recently as last year, I just would have taken McCaffrey. 
uh, in the format and, and been happy banking that. So um, what, what do you think? Is, is it still CMC or are there other players at that spot for you? Yeah, I mean, I think that there's certainly a compelling case. And like you said, Christian McCaffrey's in that conversation. But in a dynasty league, I think that there's a number of other players that you could consider there that I wouldn't have a problem with, especially if you're in a format where you're going to be employing different types of constructions. I think what you said makes some sense. Maybe backing out of that pick, seeing what you can get to move out makes a lot of sense. And then also even in redraft leagues this year. Um, though I might put, if I were forced to rank and say, if I'm only doing one draft, I go with McCaffrey first. I think that there are conversations you could have about, uh, Saquon Barkley and a handful of other players as well. Um, so some of the thing that I think about as I'm framing these is in today's NFL, we only see certain backs stay on the top of the fantasy totem pole for so long. Uh, that though I think Christian McCaffrey, you know, has the best path to doing so again, it's not out of the realm realm of possibility that there's other guys that can do it. And it's going to be a challenge, I think, for him to do it because it's such a hard thing to do. So if you want to make a case for somebody else in your drafting your team, I say, go ahead and do it. Don't feel locked into McCaffrey just because you think he's the pick you're supposed to make. Yeah, well said. I mean, it's, it's more likely than not that we've already seen McCaffrey's best fantasy season at this point. I don't think many people would, would argue the contrary uh, on that. And so, you know, we like to get players on the way up and capture those best seasons rather than um, chase what's already happened. And I, you know, I think that's um, that's the best way to look at that. I think in like a non super flex league really like the idea of drawing like the one Oh four, one Oh five to me, that kind of feels like the sweet spot. You kind of get the end of that tier that I was talking about, uh, whoever falls and you can feel pretty good about that. And, and you don't have to sweat not being able to make a trade and feeling like you, like you lost some value. Uh, and then on your other point um, in redraft, I've seen, I've been, I've been doing a lot of best balls <laughs> in, in the last, uh, last week or so I've been doing some of the, actually some of the underdog um, uh, $25, uh, the, the, the big boy, uh, the championship drafts uh, got about 10 of those in last week. And I've, so I've seen, I had a lot of exposure to different draft spots, seeing what people are doing, kind of training myself up, uh, for some of the higher dollar FFPC best ball leagues that I like to do. And of course, uh, the FFPC has a best ball championship now <laughs> uh, this year, Dave, too, which is going to be really fun. There's only like 4,000 spots in it. Um, it just feels like, uh, man, we, we probably need to do a draft together. I think that'd be a great exercise Absolutely. for this podcast. I I'm just throwing you on the spot, but I'm sure I'm sure we can figure it out. Yes. Um, but anyway, yeah, I've, I've been seeing you know what people have been doing firsthand and not just tracking the ADP here. And I've seen uh, McCaffrey seems like about three quarters of the time going in that 101, but I see plenty of Dalvin Cook. Um, I've even seen a Derrick Henry, uh, plenty of Saquon Barkley as well. So, I mean, you know, I, I think and, and it's a little different in a tournament style yep. uh, league as well. You're trying to find those different constructions from different, you know, uh, draft slots, if you will, uh, versus, you know, just standalone best ball leagues. But I, I think the community seems to agree. I'm seeing some variation. Very cool. Very cool. I think that that all makes sense. Let's move along, though. We are now going to look at various spots in ADP at the specific positions, and we're going to think about the player of these groups that is most likely to take a massive step forward. I believe it was last week we looked at similar lists and talked about players. We might be concerned about actually finishing in those positions. I want to know which of these players we think has the best chance to finish above this ADP. So I looked at running backs mm. going in 
Um, the 30 to 37 spot, and you have Melvin Gordon, Raheem Mostert, Michael Carter, Leonard Fournette, Damian Harris, Ronald Jones, Zach Moss, and Tony Pollard. My first thought is Melvin Gordon it's it, it, I, I want to say has no chance of, of doing it because of Javante Williams. But I feel like, you know, if he does, then this would be quite a steal if you got Melvin Gordon there. But I'm not inclined to make him my pick. I don't know if there's an obvious choice to choice here, Curtis, to you, at least as you looked through this. Uh, or did you also struggle to identify your player? Yeah, it's tough. I would break these guys down uh, differently in this different types of of arguments. But I mean, it's an important group to nail down, Dave. Um, we like to target kind of the confusing backfields um, with the zero RB or even our modified uh, zero RB or one early RB, whatever you want to call the strategy. I mean, this is a range where, you know, we're starting to look for some of those hits in in those models. So um, we're looking at guys, you know, you mentioned RB 30 through 37 ish. Um, in terms of ADP, we're talking uh, 79 overall through about 104 overall. Um, so about a, a, a two round uh, bracket here. Michael Carter jumps out to me in New York. The team uh, has indicated that Tevin Coleman is kind of the early, uh, I guess, lead runner at this point in camp. I mean, he has the familiarity with the scheme. You know, it's obviously a heavy, heavily uh, 49ers uh, influenced uh, regime now. Um, but at this point in his career and with his inability to stay healthy uh, for multiple seasons now, I mean, I don't think Tevin Coleman is probably long for this world um, if they plan on you know feeding him major volume. And I think Michael Carter is probably more talented than Tevin Coleman at this uh, phase of his career as well. So I think by the end of the season, um, you know, if we were to look at the second half of the season and and ignore uh, the early the early part, perhaps Michael Carter would be that guy. But I'm a little worried about how good the Jets' offense might not be. Um, and so while I think he might be the favorite for volume, um, I'm not sure he would be the favorite for like efficiency um, or really even like booming. Like maybe he could finish his RB26 with like an RB18 over the final half of the season or something. But like, I don't think it's like league winner stuff. Um, so when I look at this list and I'm more interested in like, who could obliterate it, um, who could really obliterate it. And so obviously we saw in the playoffs, um, Leonard Fournette with the Buccaneers, once they actually trusted him, um, with, with heavy, you know, heavy backfield share, um, what he was able to do and, you know, whoever emerges, if anyone emerges in Tampa Bay, I mean, that's as ambiguous of a backfield as, as it gets. I mean, I, I actually have been drafting more Gio Bernard than Leonard, For, Leonard Fournette or uh, Ronald Jones. He's like my, one of my favorite uh, final round picks in best ball right now. But the player that I think could absolutely obliterate, um, like even if we said, okay, the player in front of all these guys, like all these guys are basically their team RB2s or worse, except for Damian Harris, uh, who is probably his team's RB1 right now. If, if the guy in front goes down, Tony Pollard is the one that would just ob- absolutely obliterate it. He's the only one on this list that's probably the league winner if everyone else gets gets out of the way. So he's he's also the cheapest in this range. Um, so he's the most attractive. Unfortunately, I think everyone just knows that I love Tony <laughs> Pollard. Tony Pollard goes like three picks before me in every stinking best ball draft now. Like I, I, I applaud all of you for you know, reading my tony pollard pieces over the last two years but i've cursed myself I, I can never get him anymore without extremely reaching um but so i would say michael carter is probably the easy bet 
uh, Leonard Fournette, maybe the close second. But if I'm really looking for lightning in a bottle, um, Tony Pollard would be my favorite of the bunch. What about you, Dave? Yeah, those were kind of the names that I had had picked out in my mind. Um, none of these guys I really feel great about. I was going to make the case for Carter just because a lot of these players at this point, they're in a roster where you're not expecting they're going to have a clean crack at it. I think it's very possible that with the Jets, uh, Carter doesn't have too much competition despite Tevin Coleman being there, a player I've been hoping could make things happen for years and has failed to. He's also the only player that we don't know on this list, just how could they, how good they could be. And maybe it turns out he's really good. But I, I think that I agree with the names that you mentioned. And I kind of like an exercise this, not so much to get that final answer of who the player is, but to talk about the case that you could build for each of these players. So that takes us through the running backs. Let's look at wide receivers. These are players between ADP at the wide receiver position of 43 and 51. It's a little bit of an eclectic list. You have a couple of old guys, a couple of young guys, Jarvis Landry, Michael Pittman, Marquise Brown, Michael Gallup, Antonio Brown, Corey Davis, Mike Williams, Nicole Hardman, and Devontae Parker. Is there an obvious name that pops out to you on the list? Uh, there are two names that really jump out. The, the one that I like the most here is Mike Williams. I, I really thought that the Chargers would add more wide receiver help. Um, but Justin Herbert, year two, um, man, I, I think Mike Williams, I feel like every year I'm kind of on him. Uh, I, I liked him as a prospect, but they really seem to have uh, the chemistry. And I mean, I think Herbert's like a guy that could make that leap to 40 passing touchdowns this year. I know you've started your projection machine work. And we talk about range of outcomes app and, you know, wh- wh- what Herbert, you know, could potentially do this year. But that's that's an offense clearly on the rise. Austin Eckler back. They're going to be moving the ball up and down the field. It's a high flying AFC West these days. I, I really like Mike Williams of this group. Uh, the Obviously, Hollywood Brown is a personal favorite, but I think the the Baltimore situation is much more murky. The other one that's a little interesting here, and we just talked about the Buccaneers uh, on the running back side is Antonio Brown. He's sandwiched right in the middle of this group. And once he was fully assimilated into the offense, you know, he he really, he started to emerge as the pack leader there with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. And he's another year older. He's in mid thirties now. I don't think Brady's certainly not ageist when it comes to who he's directing the targets to. He just wants people to be open. Clearly wanted him in Tampa. That's the only reason he's there. Uh, He's recruited him multiple times. Now, now they get an actual true off season. I don't know. Maybe we get some vintage Antonio Brown. Uh, He would be my. Yeah. So that's actually the name that I was going to pick. Uh, And a lot of it comes down to when I look at this list, the way I thought about this was which player can I see getting to double digit touchdowns? And for none of these guys, it's going to be something that I would expect. But I could see Antonio Brown. Before history is written. It's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Getting to 10 touchdowns. I also think he's in a situation where it's not like you need to have an incredible amount of volume. 
I don't think that he's going to get an incredible amount of volume, but I think the volume that he does get could support a high touchdown total. Uh, And like you said, we saw Antonio get more involved. Everybody knows the kind of narrative reasons behind it, but I also think that the most compelling thing is that this should be a good team overall. We saw what he was able to do down the stretch in this offense, and we know that he's a player that has managed to do this in the past. Maybe he's a little bit older than he was, um, but of all the names on this list, it just kind of makes sense to me if I had to pick one that I would pick Antonio. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Hey everyone, before we get started, I just want to take a moment to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level, or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to the community Discord, an e-learning course full of tips and tricks, and on top of all of that, will help get your show pushed to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is, you can get all this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or you have an existing show that you're wanting to grow hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports podcasting experience acceptance into the program is limited so get your application in today to apply go to bwhustle.com forward slash join check out the description box in this episode for more information but that's bwhustle.com slash join yeah and let's i mean when we're down in this area let's target the guys who are tied to the best quarterbacks as well um it's like who has the best quarterbacks who's who are uh which players are in the best offenses that are going to score a lot of touchdowns and then what's the path to relevance in front of them and the track record you know within the scope of that offense so Landry we can throw out you know Cleveland uh not going to be passing the ball and I mean even when he was the true alpha with OBJ out of the way it didn't happen Michael Pittman we've talked a little bit about the Colts previous episodes I know we'll talk about them again soon Hollywood we covered Michael Gallup, I mean, is clearly third fiddle uh, in in Dallas. And, I mean, he looks like a decent player. um, But I like Antonio with Tom Brady more than I like Gallup with Dak Prescott. Uh, Corey Davis, probably a bad offense rookie quarterback. Mike Williams is that other name that pops out. And easier path to mega volume um, than Antonio Brown. Um, And I also think he would be the other player. If you want to talk about chasing for 10 touchdowns, he would be the other guy, I think, in this group that I would say would have an outside shot at that number. Mikko Hardman, I I don't know. I mean, he's had the the chance to emerge before. I think he's no better better than maybe, what, fourth in targets in Kansas City, even though he's a wide receiver, too. And Devontae Parker has been passed by. So, I mean, I I think this is way more obvious than the running backs. Um, and I, I think it's very clearly in this range, Antonio and, and, uh, and dubs Mike Williams. Very nice. For me. Very nice. Um, hold on though. Uh, on the Kansas city front. So you have Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. Is there a player that very clearly projects over Hardman in volume? You think, or is he three now with Watkins gone? I, I mean, I think Clyde Edwards, I think Clyde Edwards, okay. uh, could potentially out target Hardman, um, or the, or the backs in, in general in combination. Yeah. 
So like the backfield, yes, the backfields in combination will, or the backfield in combination will out target Hardman, I think is uh, my, my thought at this point. I don't know what the, what the projection machine activities <laughs> have uh, shown you yet. And Casey, or if you've gotten to that team yet, but th- I mean, those are, those are my leanings right now. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I actually haven't gotten into them, but I could, I think, you know, there's probably a case I could try to make too for somebody else, like maybe like Demarcus Robinson or, or somebody similar, you know, kind of challenging Hardman there. Let's look at tight ends though, before we close things out, this is a really interesting group of players here. Um, going from tight end eight to tight end 14, Dallas Goddard, Logan Thomas, Tyler Higby, Irv Smith, Mike Kosicki, Robert Tunyon, and Evan Ingram. Is there an obvious name that pops out to you on the list? Well, the, there's there's two here that I think their teams definitely did not get better uh, or, or better in, in a way that would threaten their target share this year um, and actually that would propel them forward. And I, at, the, at the risk of really frustrating listeners, because this was a kind of a trap player last year with how high he had risen, I mean, Tyler Higby doesn't have Gerald Everett anymore. Um, and he, his quarterback is way better. Um, and so, you know, w- when we compare him to who's in front of him, you know, Dallas Goddard, uh, you know, the Eagles added some additional firepower, both out of backfield uh, receiving uh, acumen and then also Devontae Smith, fully healthy Jalen Rager. And we expect Jalen Hurts to, to run a lot. You know, one of the reasons we don't like Baltimore I think are, are reasons that we should have some concerns about Goddard vastly outperforming this ADP range. Logan Thomas now has Curtis Samuel. Um, Tyler Higby loses Gerald Everett. Uh, and, 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 you know, they, they bring in Deshaun Jackson and um, Tutu Atwell. I mean, those are not volume type players. I mean, Higby should soak up most of the vacated targets from Everett. I mean, I don't know who else would be really challenging for that. Irv Smith is the other one. Do we see the year three leap uh, as we started to see the efficiency declines um, from from Adam Thielen. I think that's really interesting. I like Gesicki in this range too, uh, with Tua taking a step forward. The team did invest in another tight end though, so he has got some more competition. The biggest question mark is Tunyon, yep. right? I mean, is Aaron Rodgers going to be back in Green Bay? Like you would think just on touchdowns alone, Tunyon would crush this. Uh, I mean, like he did last year, um, but it just feels so unnecessarily risky. Like the, the gap from from Aaron Rodgers to whatever retread veteran they replace him with or Jordan Love. I, I just I can't advocate for spending top 180p uh, <laughs> draft capital on Tunyon really in any format. And Ingram adds Kyle Rudolph uh, to the mix. So it's pretty clearly Tyler Higby for me, even though it's gross in terms of outperforming. But I want to clarify, I don't really feel good about selecting him at 79.9. I just think he's the most likely to outperform his positional ADP within the group. Is that fair? Yeah, I think that's that's perfectly fair. Uh, so the player I was going to present as my pick is Tunyon. Can we just take a second and reflect on the fact that the man yeah. scored 11 receiving touchdowns last year and how absurd that is. <laughs> he had a three touchdown yeah. game out of nowhere in week four against Atlanta, put up three touchdowns. Then in weeks 11 to 15, scored a touchdown in every game and then also added one in the final week of the season. Nobody in the world saw this coming. I don't think Aaron Rodgers himself saw this coming 
but it happened. Uh, obviously, there are the major questions about if Rodgers returns. Without that, this turns into a pretty wasted pick if you do go ahead and take him. I would say, though, that it's equally likely that uh, Evan Ingram could be a complete washout this year or they could end up in the same range. Maybe you could even say the same thing about some of the other players on this list, although it's hard. It's harder to spin a narrative about them having as bad of a season as you could see with Tunyon if things don't work out with Rodgers. But. I actually might be okay taking that big swing. And the thing I guess we should say is as uncertainty grows in this regard, you're going to see him slip down even further. So maybe the real discussion that we should have is how much further he needs to slip before you start to feel comfortable about him. Keeping in mind, if Rodgers does return, yes, the team added Amari Rodgers to the offense. I don't think that radically changes the, uh, you know, the purview for Tunyon. So, how much further does he need to slip for you before you start actually really thinking about it in a draft? I mean, <clears throat> pretty far. Okay. Pretty far. I was just looking up uh, my, my exposure um, to, to the, the players in this range. Looks like I own, uh, in, in my, my best ball tournament uh, drafts, I own 14% Mike Gesicki and 14% Dallas Goddard right now. So, uh, and 7%. Uh, and 14% Tunyon. So it looks like I've got pretty equal exposure. Uh, it's probably been based off of team constructs, you know, when I've opted, um, you know, to select or potentially like a stack. I think actually that that Tunyon, uh, that Tunyon roster is probably one where I stacked him with Rodgers because um, his eight, Rodgers ADP is actually uh, shockingly in this range because people don't know what's uh, <laughs> happening with him. So I was probably one, as a situation where I took him at the turn or something together uh, and, and played the scenario where he returns to Green Bay. So um, you know, I think I think it makes sense to have some exposure, you know, to all all of these players. Um, Ingram is the one that is kind of hands off for me mm-hmm. here. Um, it just really I thought I was all in on him last year. I thought he had every chance in the world um, and it didn't it didn't happen. The Giants, you know, we talked about, uh, you know, the, the top of the segment with the tight ends who got better, uh, who got worse. I mean, the Giants added significant firepower with Kenny G. Uh, and they get Saquon Barkley back. I mean, and and, and Kyle Rudolph, uh, Rudolph, even at the same position. I mean, Evan Ingram could potentially really be buried, uh, despite not having any QB uncertainty. So um, I'm with you. I think you know Tunyon. Uh, the concern is volume there, even with his his touchdown based breakout last year. I mean, a very difficult player to project. Um, and we've seen Aaron. You know, even if Aaron Rodgers is back, you know, his touchdown production has been noisy. Uh, over the past couple seasons, you know, MVP caliber season, 40 plus touchdowns. Okay. We've also seen him throw 20 something a couple times in recent years. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know. I, I do think that I, I prefer the guys just going a little bit ahead. Um, but the way to play it, if you're going to draft Tunyon, you should probably have Rodgers on that squad. I mean, you're basically saying, hey, the boys are going to they're going to play it back for another season. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely makes that there's definitely truth to that. I should say that I I hyped up the touchdowns. I hyped him up a, a fair amount when I'm actually sitting down and doing my projections or thinking about his range of outcomes. I am not expecting it to, to get a repeat of last season. It's somewhere in that range of outcomes. I think approximating what he did last year is certainly a rarer outcome on his high end. Um, however, I do think that uh, 
it's very possible he does remain a borderline tight end one, which perhaps with the other options I have there, I am looking for some upside. But um, you've made me feel responsible here to mention that, like, you know, I'm not saying that Tunyon goes out and racks up like 12 to 15 touchdowns in 2021. That does take us, though, to the end of this episode, unless you had a thought there, Curtis. No, I, don't, I mean, I, I got plenty. More, I've got plenty more thoughts on all these players, but it's a long summer, Dave. We'll we'll save them up for another time. Um, I do. I do appreciate uh, the construct of this episode, you know, value hunting in various ranges, um, starting to really, I guess, maybe tighten, uh, tighten the scope on our sniper rifle uh, on, on where we're trying to go in each of these ranges um, and, you know, find find our player pool narrowing in on that, because it, although it is a long summer we want lots of different combinations of the players that we believe in uh, and different value ranges. And this is a very valuable exercise. And, you know, I think it, the listeners may disagree with us, but I think just hearing us talk about these ranges uh, will be helpful to them as well. So uh, good on you. Sounds good. All right. That takes us to the end of the episode. Want to win a t-shirt? Leave us a question or a comment at 978-615-9214. I'll be saving up some of the questions that come in, hoping to do another uh, questions-based episode or two, maybe in another uh, two weeks. All right. We will see you on Friday. Thanks for listening to the RotoViz Fantasy Football Show. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at DaveCabinFF and at CPatrickNFL. Email us at RotoVizFFShow at gmail.com. Visit RotoViz.com forward slash podcast for more information on listener-only discounts. And until next time, thanks for stopping by. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.